Welcome to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Bryce. I'm Bradley. And I'm Randy. All right, and welcome back for another week. We got a pretty special one for you this week. Little... What are we doing? Um, we are doing what we we're always doing. We're Star tackling... Wars? Sorry, yeah, do we always do oh, Star Wars? That's what we're always doing. Oh, I, I forgot. Yeah, after our last episode, we're just yep, a, uh, we're just a Star Wars over. Monster Guide. <laughs> oh, man. More Star Wars later, but this week, we're diving into some Chinese and uh, Japanese and Korean mythology with uh, the Chilin and the Kirin. Nice. Do you guys uh, know anything about those creatures, just off the bat? I know their names now. I recognize the like the statues. I mean, I've never been to yeah. any of the Asian countries over there, but I definitely recognize the, the statues that you've showed us. And yeah. I recognize them mainly from uh monster hunter which i'll be honest old karen yeah my ignorance i i thought it was actually originally from monster hunter and then like that i thought it was like based off of something else the monster hunter kieran but i thought like that version of kieran was originally from monster hunter i didn't realize it was actually purely based off of a, a real mythological creature and so, then you realize like chinese mythology time to find out so cool yeah they actually have something that would be in a video game that's like i mean that's, that's the problem accurate. is yeah the, the freaking chinese mythology and culture it's just there's so much to it there's so much there and like i didn't know so little about it that i'm like yeah i know i never heard of this so i'm excited sounds interesting there certainly is a lot to talk about this week uh when i was researching this i was like man this is a lot of information and it goes really in depth, so I'm just gonna hope I can do it justice. So let's not waste time. Let's get right into it. Yeah, let's jump in. All right. So just as like a foreword, uh, the Chilin is basically the Chinese version of this creature, and the Kirin is basically the Japanese and Korean version of this uh, creature. But with that said, the first thing to know about Chilins is that no two chilins look the same. Each one has its own unique adornments and hue to its scales. Like um, snowflakes. Pretty much, yeah, like uh, celestial snowflakes that are basically demigods. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like dragon unicorns. It's pretty freaking sick, man. It's a dragon unicorn snowflake. Man. Yeah. Beautiful. That's Into. also a god. <laughs> Man, what do these things not do? Yeah, to even like take that up an extra level, they're often associated with the colors of the elements, precious metals, stars, and gemstones. So just like nice. all the beautiful things in life, the Chilin kind of emulate, which is pretty freaking awesome, man. Emulate or do those objects are those objects emulating the Chilins? Ooh, deep oh are, because they're gods. If they're gods, does that mean that they are like they were the first gemstone and then they created a bunch of gemstones that look kind of like them, just like help like sprinkle down some memories of themselves to the humans and like same with stars and whatnot? Is that, that would be gemstones? that would be pretty dope. Um, that would be wild. That might be kind of like a chicken and the egg situation. Like, <laughs> yeah, which came fair. first, you know? Um, uh, don't have an answer to that specifically. Um, man, people aren't th thinking the big, heavy hitting questions back then. Where did our gemstones come from? Did our unicorn god give it to us or what? Who knows, man? But uh, like we were saying before, they're described as having many dragon white features, notably their heads. Um, pretty dragon-esque um but their legs and bodies are more like a horse or a deer or even a tiger and they have the tail of an ox so they're almost like chimerical if that's mm -hmm. the proper word in which they're like incorporating several different animals kind of harkening back to our Amit episode if you listen to that i'll be honest mm -hmm. i don't know what an ox tail looks like i, um, I couldn't have told you that that was what they have I just looked at all the pictures that you have on here, and I, I would never have been able to tell you that those were oxtails. Well, if you look, sorry, no one's going to be able to see these pictures, but there's one one with a statue that kind of has like a thin tail, and then it like spreads out. Sure. 
it kind of looks like that. So it kind of looks like a like a gotcha. lion tail, or like a uh, I almost said horse, but it's not. But like basically, it poofs out at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, long and under with a shorter hair on it, and then it has like a poof of hair on the end. I had no idea. Never seen an ox apparently that has a tail. I've only oh, seen detailed oxes. That's sad. <laughs> oh no. Or maybe you're just not looking at their butts all the That's time. That's probably more accurate, but more messing with the horns, huh? Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep an eye on those. You gotta keep an eye on them. You never know when they're coming for you. One other thing that you should keep an eye on is that these chewins are commonly golden, but are also multicolored or resembling various shades of tan or browns. So they can be pretty gaudy, in which they're like, "Yo, look at me and my." sterling silver golden scales or they can be like really mellow and like humble with their tan and brown almost hide color hues sure so it's kind of interesting that they have like this whole different array of like colors that are available to them so i don't know if you looked into it um and i know that raya the disney movie that just recently came out took place Mm -hmm. more in southern the southern part of the Asian continent. Um, but do you know if those dragons, sorry, it's called Rhea the Last Dragon, not just Rhea. Do you know if those were Chilins and Kirins? Um, I I did see Rhea as well. And I think those are more like uh, water dragons because I actually looked up, uh, I think, Chinese dragons just for reference when I was researching this episode. And I mm-hmm. think they're more akin to like dragons. Because um, while they do share a bunch of uh, similar features, such as being able to like walk on air and summon clouds to jump on and such, I think they are different creatures. Okay. Huh. I have never seen that movie, so I had no idea. And like we were saying earlier, the bodies of the Chiyuan and the Kirin are either fully or partially scaled. So kind of also harkening back to the dragon. And they may have one horn or two, uh, with the horns branching apart like antlers, and these horns are also accompanied by a long flowing mane, almost kind of like a lion's, you know, as it like tufts up around their head, except mm-hmm. more like just a really long mullet, as it looks like on it's... some of the pictures. Yeah, that's true. It's a very cool look. Yeah, maybe not the, the hairstyle I would go for mm-hmm. if I was a chewing, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. I mean, do they have like long enough arms to do their own hair or is it kind of just like hey can you do my hair today and then they like do make mess it up well as we'll get to later with their wide array of magical powers they might just have like an Uh, ability to they've got hair magic (laughs) wild something everybody with long hair has ever wanted hair magic oh man what a time saver it would be (laughs) you're so nice my hair is not that long and i would I don't know. If I could have that superpower, I think I'd be pretty happy. I'm trying to learn how to braid my hair. Oh, it's impossible. Give it up. It's never going to happen. (laughs) I've been working on it for like a year and a half. You've got got more hair than I do because my hair. I can't do it. Yeah, but it's impossible. You you do have like a ton of hair. I don't envy you. I'm sorry. It's it's a lost cause. That's why I just shave the side of my head. Right. The worst thing is I can braid. I just can't braid it like my own hair. I just can't do it. can't I can figure it out. Anyone else's hair, but not mine. So dumb. So yeah, it's the it's the bun life for me. But that being said, apparently mullets. To get back to them, apparently mullets are coming back. They're coming oh, back in the style. Please so no. Cool. Um, that is what my hairstylist told me last time. Mm-hmm. And she asked me if I wanted one, and I was like, you know, I think this is more of like a short-lived kind of returning I think, thing. Hell no. Yeah, apparently there's a big thing there. I've seen multiple people with mullets, and I'm just like, that's that's not okay. okay. <laughs> Wait and see, right? See what Oof. happens. You might be joining the, joining the... Oh, I will get a fanny pack. Uh, I still don't think I will. Maybe a utility belt, like from like, Deadpool. Like a, like a Merce. I'll get, I'll get a Merce. Sure. sure. That would be so convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know how much you like your embellishments, Brad. <laughs> these Chewins and uh, Kirins like their embellishments and adornments as well. 
but there was a more kind of like biological with just patches of feathers or curly tufts of hair along their legs kind of more towards the ankle area or even carp like whiskers though those being like the one long kind of like mm-hmm. fleshy tendril yeah. coming out on either side well I mean, i'll tell you what like these things look awesome very um, cool so anyone listening like totally look up some pictures of what these guys look like and you'll see what we mean like totally like blinged out like imagine you're playing a video game and you unlock the coolest skin and then mm-hmm. you're able to customize that skin that's what these guys look like they yeah, definitely look like they've unlocked like the master skin possible yeah. Yeah, they've definitely paid their pre-order bonuses on all <laughs> the, the special customizations. They've got the pay-to-win skin. It's not fair. Oh, they got the uh, god tier package. <laughs> it's also super there. interesting how like they all look so different. Like even if you do right. like, just quick search, there's mm-hmm. just so many different varieties. Just I think that's also due to like the different cultures and religions and regions that they were. You know, as the myth kind of got passed around, it kind of got changed a little each time. Yeah. It's just super cool. Um, and one more awesome adornment and embellishment that they have is that they're oftentimes enwreathed in flames and yeah. sparkling like exquisite gems. Dude, you know, so, so extra. So crazy, man. I mean, like, like you were saying, Brad, this could be like a final boss, except I mean they're really peaceful, you know. But because <laughs> they've already beaten the game, so you, you know when you beat a huge open world game, you've already killed everyone, you've already done everything, and you're like, all right, now I can just sit back with my, you know, gold outfit with my horns <laughs> and my mustache and you know everything else that these guys got. Like life's life's good, you know. I can be peaceful now after I, you know. I'm literally a demigod. Yeah, it's kind of like that, like, uh, if you've ever played an MMO, it's like that super cool guy that's been playing the game forever. And his character just looks like a total badass, and he's like, yeah, I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I got nothing better to do. Yeah, See, I like, I'm always have the board. opposite problem, where, like, I'm the noob kind of guy walking into that new area, and I see the big guy, and I'm like, oh, cool, that guy's pretty cool looking, and then he, like, kills me. And I'm like, all, all right, thanks, but, uh, no... You did not find the uh, the Chiwins and the Kirins. No, then. I found the evil dragon. <laughs> what is the what is the Kirins like doppelganger like opposed opposite? Like it's, it's Ying. Evil it's counter. Yang to its Ying. Which one's the bad one? I don't um, think either is bad. It's just not not bad. I, it does, that's what I was gonna say. I take it back. Not bad, but like, what's the counterpart? The, there's the Ying and the Yang. I think it's so, Yang. Yang. Okay. Which one's the Yang to these guys? Is Ying. Um, not super sure. If I had to make, yeah, I, guess, I didn't think you had an actual answer for it. Just it's off the, the top of my head, it'd probably just be like, it'd probably just be like demons. Uh, and you did mention Monster Hunter, Brad, and we will talk about that. But <laughs> yeah. even in that game, yeah, I'm just saying it's like the humans again. Again, it's the humans. They want to kill oh. them for their adornments. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was gonna say you were talking about Rajang because yeah, he's the Yang to the Air Ying. Yeah, that's super true. <laughs> just like instead of serene, calm, unbridled fury and rage, he's just insane. So there's that we can get to later. Uh, it was super interesting though that uh, as I was reading something that I really didn't expect was that it says that they're capable of human speech, but they seldom we speak. So like almost never. And their auspicious voice is said to sound like the tinkling of bells, chimes, and the wind. So That's very specific. Probably very specific. pretty freaking magical, man. But like almost a little stuck up, you know? Like, yeah, I can speak, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand everything you're talking about, but I'm not going to let you know that. You're not worth my time. Yeah. Um, it might just be like, because they have so much knowledge, uh, I imagine of things to come and... Uh, I think they also have the power of pre- like premonition and prophecy, mm-hmm. so they it, just find it as like uh, interfering too much if they reveal sure. too much of their knowledge. You know, they've got foresight. That's unfortunate for them. They are divine and celestial creatures, as I was saying, that mingle with the gods of heaven. And uh, when they descend to earth, Chiwans only associate with the best of men, 
you know, so like the wisest of sages and the kindest of rulers. <laughs> and they uh, guard their homes and bring breast blessings of luck and fill the hearts of those people with happiness, you know. So just having a chewing around you is like the best, you know, because I imagine nobody can touch you if it's guarding your home. And also you'd probably just have the best time if uh, they're chilling outside your house. The chewings are chilling. I was just going to say that it's also got to be the best, like, confidence boost to ever I mean, like to be visited by one and be like yo look at i am like incredible i am so cool that even a ch chillin wants to come and visit me i almost I forgot how to pronounce their name but that they're willing to come and visit you like that must be such a confidence boost and make you feel great yeah i think uh we'll get to it a bit later but a lot of the rulers and emperors of like china mm -hmm. uh or a select few i should say uh said that they had chewins and several other like holy creatures uh chilling with them you know just of course as an they adjustment did. to their virtue and such of course they did yeah so you know take that as you may mm. um but as we've been saying this entire time they are also extremely gentle creatures uh to the almost obscene amount that they walk <laughs> so lightly as to not even bend even a single blade of grass grass <laughs> blade of glass yeah that's glass that's absurd it's crazy man and like sometimes they even opt to fly or hover above the ground out of fear of harming even a single smallest tiniest living creature these well, things are so extra do you know what confucius once said i'd uh, love to know enlighten me a superior man is modest in his speech, but exceeds in his actions. That's just kind of what reminded me of these guys. Like they don't very talk talk very much, and like they do stuff so extra. But like their actions, they don't bend grass when they walk. They, you know, are just like like just kind of like embodiments of good. I think and, like, Confucius they don't have to go extra. Do you think he made that statement based off of these creatures? <laughs> I, I I doubt it, but maybe. He's <laughs> like, yeah. It's possible. Who's to say? I mean, uh, that might even be a little bit of foreshadowing for later in our oh. episode. Mm. Oh. We'll, we'll tackle that when we get to it. Um, turns out Confucius rode a Kieran. It's crazy. He actually was. He could turn oh, into Oh, that makes way more sense. That makes way more sense. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's among their skill set. Uh -huh. But uh, some other amazing things that are among their skill set is their ability to... Uh, hover and fly like i was saying or even walk on water and clouds um and also due to their extremely gentle nature they're of course uh vegetarian or herbivores mm -hmm. and some accounts even take that an extra mile and say they won't even eat living vegetation at all so what do they uh, do live off of sunlight well you mean when you're a celestial being i mean you care sure, about eating but i figure god still has to eat something Especially when it's a god horse, I figure it's like, I mean, yeah, it's still a living creature. It's not a robot. That's incredible. It's freaking crazy, man. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Again, it's just them just going a little bit extra. Exactly. They're like, I could be eating this leaf right now, but you know what? I'm not live off the energy of the universe. It's like, all right, dude, come on. Just absolutely, like you were saying, extra. Uh, but they're also kind of extra in the opposite direction because although they're extremely gentle, they're still pretty wicked creatures, man. If you piss off one of these things, you better watch out, man. Uh, they're generally only provoked by wicked people or in the defense of a pure person, but they can spout flames from their mouths incinerating their perpetrator. So, Oof. yeah think like dragons they pretty much breathe fire that's awesome I, I, Crazy. I would, again be awesome to have one guarding you not only for the morale boost of everyone seeing you as an amazing person but also you now have a fire breathing bodyguard but then is it like your judgment if you are a good person or if it's their judgment of you being a good person or if it's yeah, like i think it's I would an exterior force of judging you know it's like am i truly a pure person like each one could be different maybe you know that's true yeah i would assume well, I mean, it's their judgment of i'm just guessing that i would person. probably die so i'm just 
<laughs> I don't oh yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean i don't know i don't think you're like a particularly wicked person they're probably looking out for like robbers or thieves check, check. Or murderers. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> double check <laughs> oh no man i know it's been a while since i've seen you but dang <laughs> he's gone down the deep end that's crazy that's man. but i mean also like a lot of like celestial creatures chilens can live about i think two thousand years so ah. you know, just oh, like a few time at all they're, they're dying young they're that's just getting into the prime of life they're dying at 2000 years old it's weak crazy man though i mean like i guess when you live off of like sunlight and stuff that's probably pretty healthy right mm-hmm. well and you got to transfer like, like i mean i'm not gonna ever i'm not gonna like try to say like these things aren't real but like i'm i'm gonna say they're not real right but like when these myths when these things are created in religion you have to think when were these things created so long ago what was the average lifespan for someone not that long so 2000 years was pretty much an eternity to these people oh absolutely so yeah man. like is 2000 years the an exact number probably not what it meant was probably it lived for generations and generations and like yeah like because that's probably know, what like 17 generations of people right seriously. there so like that's I mean, probably more forever. than that Honestly, it, I don't know, just some quick math. It might even be around like 30 to 50. Awesome. I don't know. I mean, not awesome for them. They were dying that are young, but I mean, that's just. Um, average expectancy in ancient China was about 25 years. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? 25 so years huge, old? What's a huge proportion divided of, by 25? Uh, so a huge proportion of live births died in infancy. Oh, okay. Well, so that that that's a huge that's where that drops in the average, from. but uh, so so maybe like forty. Okay. Gotcha. Still, I mean, like forty divided or uh, two thousand divided by forty. That's like oh, 80, sorry, thirty-five years. So that's about that was, eighty generations worth of people. If most the average is twenty-five. That's crazy, man. That's absurd. So yeah, they live forever, basically. Basically, for yeah. all intents and purposes, for everything that you care about. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's going to be long gone. The likelihood of you living outliving one is slim to none back well, in the day. Especially in like China and probably as well in like Japan, um, dynasties and entire, you know, like royalty families and stuff that you know, ruled that fluctuated so quickly because of wars. And yeah. so like a, a, a dynasty only maybe have lasted a hundred years or something. And that was a long time, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I got my family to rule for that long. Like we are a fantastic, huge family, but these things outlived that by seriously, you know, 10 times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane, man. Um, it's interesting though, that we're kind of like diving more into the history though. Cause, uh, Chiwens actually have a really big part, uh, in Chinese mythology, mythology and history, like we've been saying. Uh, to just jump into that uh, and to give a little bit of a preface, uh, starting with a bit of language, the qi uh, is often referred to as the males, while the lin are referred to as the females, and qi lin being the designation for the whole species. So it's you know, basically but, just male and female, putting yeah. them in the middle. That's neat. But I also believe that uh, you can just generally refer to them as qi lin. Sure. To yeah. avoid any confusion. So, some of the earliest references for the Qiwen are in the 5th century BC by ancient Chinese historical texts and works of fi- fiction. So, even like way back in the day, in, you know, the Qiwen was pretty uh, influential and pretty well known about in Chinese history. The Qiwen is also one of the four noble animals of Chinese mythology. The others being the phoenix, the dragon, and the chiwen, and the tortoise, all in order. Or, phoenix uh, being the most uh, revered? Uh, the phoenix is considered the most powerful, followed up by the oh, dragon, yeah. and then the chiwen, and then what the What kind tortoise. of phoenixes do they have? I mean, I like, know. I know. I know they're, they're like, dragon, uh, there's like, you know, we, you have like the European dragon, you have like the Asian, like the, the Asian mm-hmm. dragon, and there's probably other dragons and other like parts of the world but like 
I'm still like dragon. Like I played D and D. Those things are crazy. Seriously. And then you know, and then I think like Harry Potter with the Phoenix. So it's kind right? of right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe my view is just skewed. But hey, I'll take the, it. The Chinese phoenixes they were just they were built different yeah they were they had more adornment like yeah <laughs> yeah they, they had hearts be, of gold you <laughs> like the phoenixes in some forms of media in which they're basically just like living embodiments of flame yeah there you go that's that shadow. i could see that'd be pretty lit also the main kind of gimmick to the phoenix is never being able to die you know so true. that makes it right pretty powerful that's true and i guess they're they're definition of powerful doesn't have to mean in a fight yes yeah. so uh, i also rescind my like statement wisdom or uh, yeah. knowledge and yeah. so wisdom from you know being immortal pretty uh mm. pretty hard to you know compete with hard that. to top yeah yeah because um, yeah, dragons were generally considered to be pretty wise as well weren't they yeah from what i, I remember so, yes so that makes sense that we're like they value wisdom all, uh, very highly and so therefore the ranking of the four noble animals would be in well, well how wise are they how worth listening to them are they let's not sleep so. on that tortoise though i mean i mean yeah. he still makes it in the top four hey I tortoises mean, yeah. they're they're wise yeah i believe it yeah, look at I the mean, world turtles in uh avatar those guys are smart yeah they are and even like just normal tortoises and turtles they live for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally uh, generations. So each of these uh, noble animals is also considered like a lord of a subset of uh, creatures. And the Chilin is considered the lord of the furred quadrupeds, that being like horses and oxen and like water buffalo and such. What about squirrels? Are they technically, uh, technically the lords of squirrels as well? Since they're furred and quadrupeds, I mean, I would assume probably if they're furred and quadrupeds, I assume because squirrels are quadrupeds, are they not? So that's unfortunate. You you got representation of something that looks nothing like you. I mean, I mean, it if you just like scale it down, I mean, why why wouldn't it look like a squirrel? You know, (laughs) turns out squirrels are just really small. Could you imagine a little Chilin just <laughs> like running around like with squirrels? I mean, I'll still roast you though. Be careful. Uh, yeah, it's still just as powerful, just smaller scale. So it'll just still melt you in a second. <laughs> yeah, still wicked. Don't mess with them, man. Um, but one of the most signature and uh, like the main kind of sticking point of the Chilin, as I was researching, is that they're said to appear with the imminent arrival or passing of a sage or ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much before somebody important is going to be born, like a Chinese hero or a scholar or maybe even an emperor, you might be able to caps, capture a glimpse of a Chilin. Oh, pretty cool. That's really cool. And yeah, they also cool. might foretell of their death as well. Oof. Yeah, which that would be pretty terrifying to see. <laughs> you never know if they're... They might be visiting you because you're really cool and they just like they like you and want to hang out with you, or they might be visiting you because you're about to die. You're like 25 years old and you see one and you're like, No, oh, I'm still yeah. young, I swear. <laughs> well, and the bride said it means that you're probably pretty important, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really important, but on the uh, downside, just, I also have to know when I die. Yeah. I don't know when I, I don't want to know when I'm gonna die. Yeah, that would be pretty awful. But uh, also an interesting little tidbit is that the Emperor Wu of Han apparently captured a Chiwen alive in uh, 122 BC. But Where the are Chinese, the bones? Yeah, the Chinese uh, historian Sima Kuiyan. Sorry if I butcher that. There's a lot Good of Chinese try. names. Was skeptical of this. And I'm pretty skeptical as well. I don't know. I mean, I mean if like he, if the historian of the time is skeptical, I'm... Yeah. Mm. But, who, but were emperors, like, basically gods? I mean, um, I think they're less gods than the Egyptian pharaohs were. Definitely. I don't know. I mean, maybe. But, like, if he's telling me, maybe I believe <laughs> it. 
This guy, there's there's no way he would lie. He was visited by a Kieran <laughs> right there, uh, chilling. So he knows. Yeah, but I mean, like like you're saying, if there's no evidence, if you don't see it, you don't oh, see totally. the bones, you don't see yeah. that shimmering scales. Man, well, and especially like didn't happen. If this historian, you know, if he's a big deal, and he's like, hey, I'm a historian, I will write about this, and I will tell the world for all time that you caught this thing. Let me see it. And Emperor Wu was like, uh, no, I just, just, I caught it. Okay. Tell just, everyone just I caught it. Things. And so like, it's a little sus. Yeah. yeah very. He's, he's like the epitome of just, just trust me, bro. Yeah. Don't worry. I saw it. I caught it. It's mine. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it, but it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, these three people that I've paid and threatened also say, right. <laughs> Ask ask the opinion of this random man. He'll say that I saw it, that I caught it. Trust me, he knows. It's like yeah, nobody knows know. who that is. That dude from the market. He he sells cartridges, <laughs> you know. There's a guy that's getting executed tomorrow. He knows. I mean, he saw. Like, if you if you you know capture it, this thing probably wants to escape, right? And this Odds thing are. literally spits fire. And I think like, he'd have no problem escaping. Yeah, he would have no problem escaping. You just got to put him in a fireproof door, room. Problem solved. Uh, no problem. Right. Because the 5th B- century BC totally had fireproof. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. <laughs> I mean, stone, but yeah, I get what you're saying. They're probably also pretty strong, if I had to guess. Well, depending on how hot the fire is that they're able to spit, they could theoretically just melt the stone walls if it's just stone. It's possible. It's so you got to go. Man. Yeah. You got to go like above and beyond. These things are the third most powerful thing in Chinese mythology. So yeah, it's true. I would hope a stone wall casing thing wouldn't hold them. Again, third most noble. Maybe not strength in pure physical output. It's possible that they're weak, but just very, very wise. So maybe yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. We don't know the tier ranking for the the non-noble creatures the scummy creatures exactly i'm just thinking like celestial versus fifth century bc human i'm gonna well, bet, i'm gonna put my money on a celestial yeah, I don't i'm know. with you there you convinced me <laughs> who wins in a in a arm wrestle i want to know <laughs> i mean it's kind of hard when you don't have fingers but you know. uh-huh. sounds like i won then <laughs> dang it <laughs> There goes right. my entire argument. <laughs> Back to some interesting uh, myths and whatnot about the Chiyuan. Uh The Chiyuan also has some unexpected history with giraffes, fall creatures, if you can imagine that. I mean, they are their lord. They are their, oh, what was the word? Yeah, they're the lord of the four, the furred quadrupeds, so. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean. Bow down, giraffe. But. This specific uh, history happened when the image of the Chiwen became associated with the giraffe in the Ming Dynasty. When the Ch- Chinese mariner, explorer, and diplomat Zhang He voyaged to East Africa, he then brought some giraffes from, from the Somalian merchants. He then presented the giraffes back to Nanjing, where they were referred to as Chiwens. The emperor then proclaimed the giraffes magical creatures who whose uh, capture signaled their own greatness of power. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of crazy. It's like, dude, I found some chilins, man. You wouldn't believe where I found them. Just really long-necked horses. But I guess it may, it's probably pretty easy to confuse the two creatures, especially in this time. Well, I mean, Judging true. Her. You get so used to animals in your own area, especially uh-huh. without internet, without, I mean, anything, Absolutely. right? I mean, these people literally only saw what they saw yeah, and then they might have native to their area yeah and so exotic animals would have been fascinating to them and they would try to like they would try to relate to what mm. they're seeing to what they already know and so i mean makes total sense yeah it makes sense to assume like to make the leap that something you already kind of think as kind of looking like this but as a magical creature it makes sense to be like yeah this makes sense. This is this is what we've been looking for. It is the magical horse thing that we've all been talking about for your generations. This must be it. I mean, they also have like a lot of other similarities. So, like their quiet demeanor, 
They're both mm-hmm. herbivores, and uh, they also probably have a, a similar ability to walk on grass without disturbing it too much. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, and it's common knowledge that the uh, giraffe will walk on top of grass and on clouds and water so that way they don't disturb anything. Yeah, it's very well, common. I mean, the, their heads are in the clouds, right? So it's basically yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like saying, that... I'm really tall, so I basically can fly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like ants. Like you might as well be flying, I right? I suppose. Yeah, and also this is probably the tallest creature that they had ever seen. That's very yeah. true. You know, like this is almost leagues and above anything. Well, they've probably elephants. seen elephants. Yeah, I was going to say they've probably seen elephants, but aren't I mean. I'm sorry, anyone that like knows anything about anything, but I'm pretty sure Asian elephants are smaller than that their like relatives in Africa. That's true, I think. I believe. Though I don't know how much smaller. I don't think it's like half still the elephants. size. Yeah. I, I don't I, mean, I don't think they're like half elephants, size. But... So. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. That does make a lot of sense. And then also for some neat vo- vocabulary today. Uh, the antlers that you would have can also be associated with the giraffe's osseocones, which are oh. basically, I think only the male giraffes have these, and they almost look like horns, but they're covered in skin and fur. Uh-huh. So those are called osseocones. Didn't know that. Well, now you know. Yeah. And, and apparently even Wirt doesn't know that word, which is kind of hilarious. Come yeah, on, are those Microsoft. so are those literally just like just horns covered with uh fur oh, or are they like do they actually like, have a viable re- like purpose no no purpose at all perfect they're, they're just awesome. basically bone structures covered in okay. uh, and, and, and if you look at them like they literally like on some literally just look like little like bumps on their heads yeah i knew that i just didn't know if they like yeah. have or used to at least have a purpose or what that's pretty awesome. It's I mean, just... maybe with, you know, somewhere in the evolutionary chain. But like... I just want a world where giraffes also have, like, reindeer like Headbutting horns. stuff? Oh, I was going to say, like, they headbutt with those little things? I just want giant, like, horns. I think giraffes just... hit stuff with their necks. That's no, true, they, they do. do. And that's why, like, maybe in their evolutionary chain, they used to have shorter necks or something. And so they, like, would be more like goats where they fought like that. But now, sure. you know. I'm not an evolutionary biologist, but that, you know, could be a thing. Yeah. But you're working on someday you'll become an ev- ev- evolutionary biologist. I believe in you, Brad. You I can, can hardly it. pronounce it when I talk about it. So let's, I'm not going to do that. I had to pause for a second to get it out. <laughs> not the <laughs> destiny for you. Um, and even to further confuse the two creatures, the same word is used to describe the mythical animal and the giraffe in Korea and Japan. Like today? Yeah, currently, I believe. Well, that's not uh, confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's why Korean Japan specifically might have the Kirin, is to be uh, able to distinguish between the mythical okay. and the giraffe. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm well, also and, not a uh, linguist, so, you know. Well, Bryce, I believe in you too. So right apparently, apparently I, need to, I need to go get my degree in evolutionary biology you need to get your linguist degree so we can actually know what we're talking about yeah, i think that's what all, that's yeah. what has you know come to fruition we, today with all the topics that we do we just do our best and then as one final note the chewin is also referred to in the west as the chinese unicorn which is somewhat confusing as chewins are not always do not always have one horn i think oftentimes they have two in uh chinese mythology so it's just really kind of gets confusing when you talk about these things sometimes. But also for some super interesting myths that I found, uh, they're said to bring noble and extraordinary children to their parents, much like the European stork. And they uh, carry the souls of noblemen back to heaven when they die, unlike the stork, I believe. A <laughs> well, stork isn't come and get, bringing babies and taking away the dead. Yeah, it doesn't go both ways. Oh, what a shame. So I think like... uh, Grim Reaper is a stork. Man, I'm just imagining like a stork with a giant (laughs) Grim Reaper scythe now. Uh, And a hood off. He's got a a hood. 
That's See, I was awesome. thinking more like the stork and like the Valkyrie, but you know, uh, Green Reaper works too. Yeah. See, like I know it's not technically, it's not actually a stork, but like I think it's pretty close to the same uh, species. So I was picturing uh, the crane from Kung Fu Panda, but just with like <laughs> yeah. a hood and a stick. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was picturing as well. Uh, I think they're pretty much the same species. They're just like slightly different. So yeah, I think they even have like a bigger, um, uh, almost like a bill, you know, like mm -hmm. their mouth area. Yeah, it's like massive. I think on uh, storks. All the better to fetch the dead with, my dear. <laughs> it's not Amit, okay? <laughs> oh, whoops! I remember that. Uh, I think it was Brad. You mentioned. Uh, about them judging people and it's interesting that you would say that earlier because in Taoist mythology Chilin or Chilin punish the wicked and there are even accounts of court trials and judgments based that's, off of the Chilin's knowledge whether the defendant awesome. was good or evil so cool so, I mean if you don't think the Chilin is a real creature that's that makes the judgment incredibly suspicious yeah well, like, hey, clearly, yeah. I didn't kill, commit this murder because I hung out with a Chilin yesterday, so <laughs> couldn't have happened. And then the judge, I'm is just still like, here. I don't know, man. The the Chilin says you're guilty, and it's like, dude, uh, do it. Well, you're like, all right, let's see this Chilin. Let's have him judge me personally. Thank you. Yeah, where's my right to face my accuser? <laughs> he just says no, <laughs> and that's what you get. Well, oh man! And he's like, "Yeah, Emperor, who uh, who already captured it? And it's the one that told me." Yeah. He, he he doesn't lie, and you're yeah. like, "But I'm the historian. I don't believe him." Trust the emperor oh, no. when he says that he caught one, and then that the the one that he caught says you're guilty, right? And you're oh, like, man. "I was walking into my house," and they're like, "No, you were yeah. trying to steal from them." I'm like, "No." Jeez, sorry, I'm going way off. I'm glad I, just, I don't. Good. I just love this. I'm glad I'm not in court back in then because seriously, like, like what, how are you going to defend yourself against a seriously. celestial being that you can't prove to exist? I mean, uh -huh. you can't. It's like an absolute judgment, seriously, which is pretty scary. And it's funny that they still call it a trial. <laughs> and I mean, like the illusion of choice and fairness yeah. is seriously. You know, kind of what makes helps people sleep at night i guess except for the guy that's getting killed i don't think it helps yeah. him sleep no he's gonna sleep he great when he kills him <laughs> she's like man at least it was a fair trial thank goodness for that i must be guilty of the Jalen <laughs> believe me to be i, I don't, don't even remember. know what i did <laughs> i don't remember committing murder but i guess i must have <laughs> those wise and all-powerful chilin <laughs> That was crazy. Oh, speaking of uh, wise, and also I can't believe you guys picked up on this before, but with because we're so wise, in, we were oh, talking. We were talking with Chilins. No, I just have a huge like like thing for listening to uh, philosophy podcasts, and so Confucius is a main topic. So I like he's on my head, on my mind all the time. Mm. Oh, and that's awesome. But uh, getting back to Confucius. So a Chiwen was said to have appeared before the pregnant mother of Confucius. The Chiwen then coughed up an inscribed jade tablet. That sounds very difficult. Sounds painful. Uh, that uh, jade tablet then said that her child would have the virtues of an emperor and urged his parents to nurture him carefully. The death of Confucius was also foreshadowed by a Chiwen being injured, injured by a char charioteer. So question. Um, yes. You, you might not know. When was this myth brought up? Because, like, like was it during his lifetime or after? Um, I or before, do not I know. Because, just fun fact, sorry, I know a little bit, probably too much about Confucius, but um, he was actually very unpopular, very poor, no one liked his ideas until, like, after his death. Even though his ideas were, like, I mean, for the most part, pretty revolutionary, like, he had some really, really important ideas, and just but his entire life he thought he was a complete failure like he he thought he had done terrible work he didn't think he had you know ever did anything for anyone and then it wasn't until he was dying and his like disciples and stuff 
started you know gaining popularity and has his his ideas then just like took off and spread across the entire country Mm. um so like it's interesting because like you hear that like that's like his history and then you hear this myth and so the myth i'm guessing came after he died and people already liked his ideas and then they just fabricated this whole i mean this whole story of this man being you know not a god but like like confucius to you know people was just this this like god among men almost and Legend. so he must have been visited by a chilin because of his ideas even though in his lifetime he was you know spat on and, and whatnot right yeah it probably has like almost like a how i told you so you know like he was visited by a chilin even though you guys didn't respect him in his time he really yeah. was virtuous and uh was a super important person and the celestial beings knew it mm-hmm. you know my f- absolute favorite myth that i came across when reading about the chilin was that it was said to have graced early chinese civilization and this is like really early chinese civilization with the mm-hmm. one with wonderful gifts such as turning the dirty waters of the yellow river to a clear shade of bright green by touching the water with itself um and then it also showed the emperor of the time a set of magical symbols that were engraved in its glimmering scales. These symbols would then lay the foundation of for China's first written language. So, you know, even like way back in the beginning, Chiwens were super important. Huh. You know, like the entire basis for their written language was gained from them. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that I don't, was super I don't cool. know if yellow water turning green is any better, <laughs> well, <laughs> but the language thing is really cool. What was the clear? Don't worry, it's, don't you know, worry, it's, it's clean now, it's green instead of yellow. <laughs> I feel much safer about drinking this now that it's green. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I know it says clear green, it just it's still green, you know. Yeah, I get that. Green water, though, in ancient China was still better than <laughs> yellow water. Yeah, the eighth statement, <laughs> don't drink yellow water, only green water. It's cool, though, like, to see how different cultures, sorry, I I, I just know, I just random no, things go for it, man. through my head. But it's cool how languages get formed, and then what is given as credence to what formed it. Uh-huh. Because here you have a mystical, like, celestial creature coming down and, and giving them magic symbols that become the language, right? Right. In Norse mythology, you have Odin sacrificing himself, hanging himself on a tree to get runes that then therefore, you know, become really important right. symbols in Norse mythology. I, I mean, probably I'm, I have a lot going through my head right now, but like you, I mean, these, these gods and celestial beings and things get all this credit, sadly, in my opinion, for the true, you know people that have been ingenuity of human beings to to make these things and then they don't get any i mean i guarantee we have no idea who created the first written language in china except for the story i mean like it's cool i love the story but it's like i wonder like where it actually came from you know yeah be nice to give credit to the person who did it yeah yeah i think it's also just going to show and like uh chinese mythology how uh like celestially destined they are their empire was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i also think Um, it's interesting as a side note how it's so like it's interesting how all of these myths exist of like different mythological beings giving humans written language and it just goes to show how important a written language is that like according to the stories the gods would be willing to like sacrifice something and give humanity this amazing gift of like written language and that's how that's how important it is to be able to have a written language because it really society, helps. Man. It well, helps it, nations stay alive so much. Well, it's it's one of the foundations for just civilization in general. Exactly, a, a society can't thrive until it has uh-huh. a written and verbal language. That's why, I mean, that's why it took so long for civilization to take off in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, on the flip side, mm-hmm. how important religion was to every single early civilization. Seriously, I mean, they they relate everything to it they give every you know every thing that was ever accomplished directed straight to religion and i mean 
we don't really know, but it just seems like everyone was so convinced of their religion, whether mm-hmm. it's true or not, I don't know. But like just how like pivotal religion is to pretty much every single civilization ever to needing to succeed. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And like we're talking about other civilizations, uh, I'll just note, if, note off a couple of other civilizations where the Chilin or Kirin are is a pretty prominent creature. How many other languages did it give out? Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Uh, just going around starting up schools everywhere, teaching people, all right, this is A. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that, in, that's the squirrel size one story. Uh, Mrs. Kieran, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now uh, I need horse teacher Kieran. <laughs> the best teacher, man. Never speaks, only just shows yeah. you the, the stuff on his back. Just keeps pointing to the whiteboard and just like figure it out. Uh but in Thailand and Vietnam, uh there are versions of the Chilin. Um and then in uh, Korea, there is a version of the Chiwen. And like I was saying, they're referred to as Kirin, and they're described as a main creature with the torso of a deer, an ox tail, and hooves of a horse. So pretty similar. And then in Japan, Chiwen are referred to as uh, Kirin again, and are more akin to a dragon shaped like a deer and with just one backwards facing horn. So just some minor differences. They're mostly the same animal when it comes down to it. It's very yeah. cool. Um, and then I also wanted to touch upon my favorite iteration of specifically the Kieran, and that would be in Monster Hunter. Freaking awesome is what it is. Although yeah. a pain to fight. Absolute pain. It's like the worst creature when you first fight it, because uh-huh. you just don't know how to fight it. And it just, uh-huh. almost every attack it does nearly instant kills you. Absolutely does. So just to, to, to make it clear for all the people that haven't played Monster Hunter, all those awful people that haven't, like me. Losers. Um, I, it's it's the electric one, right? It's like electrical, electric power. It's going to electric unicorn. Okay, yeah. I want to make sure, because I'm, I'm looking at the pictures and stuff, I want to make sure. So everyone else, it looks kind of like a, it does look like a Pegasus, not, not a unicorn, I mean, with like electricity bolts coming off of it. Yep. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit different than its classical iterations. Um, and just starting uh, with its designation, Monster Hunter, it's a species of Elder Dragon. And in the game, Elder Dragon is a distinction. It's not like dis- descriptory. You can think of the Elder Dragon as being like a class of monster. Mm-hmm. And Karen is placed in this monster class due to its unique body type. That being pretty much like a lightning unicorn and being mm-hmm. immensely powerful and ancient, in addition to living outside of the standard ecosystems that you would play around in. They're absurdly more powerful than pretty much any other thing you fight up until you get to them. So that's one yeah. of the reasons, one of the big distinctions for them is how powerful they are. Like, I think that as soon as they come into an area, every creature knows to respect them, except for <laughs> one. Except for some idiots. <laughs> one stupid idiot. Just can't leave them alone. To describe its features a bit more, it has more of like a lion face than a horse face, and it's covered in scales, like mm-hmm. the Chilin. And it also has a lot of hair around it, and this hair is an electric blue and is always standing on end due to the huge amount of electricity overflowing from what it within its body it's like almost like a tesla coil like crackling off of it at all times it looks like because of like the way the position of the hair and because of it being standing up all the time it looks like the classic cartoon like lion's mane like it is pretty much very wide framing around its face so it makes it look very very cool but one of also the super unique things about a kieran uh, is that Kirins are passive and peaceful creatures like their lore. Uh, pretty much like when you embark on a hunt to go and fight the Kirin, uh, it won't mess with you, even if you're right next to it. Pretty much it won't mess with you until you start attacking it. But when mm-hmm. you do, <laughs> you have just entered a world of hurt, <laughs> the fury of the storm. 
it's the biggest mistake you'll ever make. Yeah, because pretty much the way that this thing fights is it acts like a living lightning rod. It just summons lines of lightning, strikes down lightning upon itself in like a huge explosion and shoots lightning just everywhere, making the bat battlefield an absolute hell. Like, I mean, uh, right. you and I, Randy, have fought this thing numerous times and man they're a pain <laughs> they're very very cool like the, the spectacle of fighting them they're visually a treat they're very very cool but having to try and fight one is just a nightmare beyond belief because yeah. they're just so so different compared to all of the rest of the monsters in the game and the way that they move and the way that they've interact with everything is just so foreign so they're just very very tricky yeah because yeah. i mean like it's a totally different fight from everything mm -hmm. else you've been fighting in which everything kind of like aggressively brushes you down and tries to like pick you up and throw you around or eat you and or, very like, melee based where they're right next to you yeah like the kieran does have some melee abilities like i'll still buck you and like right. kick you up in the air but for the most part it uses lightning which is awful very very strong lightning extremely strong especially if you fight arc tempered you know i've oh. only fought them in monster hunter world and i fought arc tempered kieran a couple times and man gotta have like that huge amount of lightning resist to even stand the Seriously. chance but they do have a select few weaknesses if you're going to go fight them i would suggest you always want to aim for the horn because if you break their horn it'll reduce their offensive abilities specifically their lightning abilities dramatically um and fire damage is also very potent so i'd suggest bringing a fire weapon and like we were saying before that one stupid idiot that always <laughs> fights them is the rajang so if you you're know. really in a tight pinch you can bring a rajang to the fight for some backup it's kind of interesting the relationship that kieran and rajang have between each other is that rajang actually pulls his lightning power from Kieran's lightning power by eating. Is it just the horns or yes. is it the entire Kieran? Just the horn. Yeah, he just bites off the horn and eats that. So does he have electric powers in game if he doesn't eat it? Or, or does like yes. does he like start off without yes. it and then has to eat it? He he kind of goes in charges where he'll build up a charge and then he like fully encases himself in electricity and then is electric for a while, shooting electricity and whatnot but then goes back. But I believe, according to lore, after doing that a bit, then they are basically drained. Their batteries get drained, so then he has to go and kill and eat another Kirin horn to, like, refill his batteries, basically. And so, like... So in the in, in game, you'll never end up running okay. to that point where they run out of electricity completely. Um, they'll always recharge during a fight, but according to the lore of the game, like, theoretically, back, like, outside of a fight, after a while of being electrical, they have to go and find another Kirin to then so, hijack that um, electricity again. Them minus their electric powers, obviously I know you don't see the see them without it. C could like do they have enough power and whatever to be able to fight by themselves or do they seem to really rely on getting that electric power? Um, uh, I, would, I would say that like the electrical power is honestly the icing on the proverbial yeah. cake for the Rajang. Because the Rajang is he's a rage rage monster he's basically mm -hmm. like uh you can think of him as like a crazy gorilla kind of donkey hybrid yeah yeah that's a good analogy i i know that's a pretty weird uh like description but basically he has like the 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 butt of a uh, donkey with his two legs being hoofed and then okay. he has massive like this dude just did like arm day since the beginning of time <laughs> it kind of reminds me Basically. of King or of uh, of uh, what's Kong? his name Donkey Kong, yeah. Where it's just like huge upper body and tiny lower body. That's awesome. Yeah, but I mean, even if he's not enraged, which is when his uh, electrical abilities come in, he's still incredible, man. Because he'll pick you up, he'll throw you mm -hmm. around, he'll like spin into a ball and hit you, and then when he's like enraged and he has these lightning abilities, it's just even more the worst the main reason i was asking is i mean 
are these things like quite able to to take on the Kurens in the game and eat their horns and everything and so like if they didn't have the electrical powers and they didn't have anything else it would just it would kind of be a little like hard to believe well the reason that they can do it is um partially because of how they're able to absorb the Kurens electricity okay. the Rajang it's super uh, electrical resistant is because of that, like anytime the Kirin's attacking the Rajang, it doesn't really do much to them. They just kind of absorb that electricity and it doesn't phase them. So because of that, it just be becomes a physical fight between the two of just mm -hmm. who can muscle each other more. And the Rajang has the hands to be able to just grapple the Kirin down to the ground, break its, its horn. Okay. So okay. that's where like, they don't always kill the Kirin, but they are so much more strong and like they have hands where the Kirin doesn't. So they can just wrestle them to the ground and so because they're so electrical resistant then the kirin doesn't really have much of a chance against them specifically yeah, yeah like uh like you're saying the if you're resistant to electricity and you fight a kirin it's actually not too bad as long as mm -hmm. you have extreme electrical resistance you know yeah that's their entirety of their kit for the most part is Very. uh electricity there are also a couple other iterations of Kirins. In Monster Hunter Frontier, there is the Hardcore Kirin, in which its eyes glow a really bright blue. It's bigger, much bigger. It is also surrounded by electricity at all times to the extent that it is very bright to look at. Like when mm -hmm. I was watching the video of it, it was kind of hard to look at them. And... I think their most notable advantage that they have is their extreme maneuverability. In the, yeah. So much so that when they charge, it's almost like a teleport. Wow. Like, it's that fast, man. And it's just like a trail of lightning behind them. So if you get caught in the charge, it's pretty, pretty nasty. Mm -hmm. Another subset of Kirin, and I think this is probably like the best of the best of the subsets of Kirin. Like, this is probably like the apex of their species the worst of the worst if you have to fight them it depends on how you look <laughs> at it pretty much uh but it's the thunder emperor kirin and this uh appeared in monster hunter explore and it's bigger it's uh lightning as well as its body is a stunning gold as opposed to blue it also has a red slash copperish color horn and it is straight up just massive lighting like like lightning all the time <laughs> like where <laughs> Kieran is like attacks with lightning this thing is just like a ball of lightning like if you think of ball lightning this is it it's it's, awful. it's so bad like I, I also watched a video of this and I was like man that fight just looks like an absolute pain uh, they are very not I, I personally think that they're just such a not fun fight they're more of a chore than anything not never pretty... having fun, but just watching it. It's just it's a pain. Yeah, I think the normal version is a is a pretty normal interesting uh, kind of departure from the normal Monster Hunter uh, pattern. But right. like it's enhanced forms, like whether that be tempered or mm -hmm. hardcore Thunder Emperor, it's just it's not really as much fun. <laughs> not a good experience. Just a, a couple other appearances that I found notable was they actually appear as a mythical creature in Harry Potter. Um, oh. And they are pretty much like a standard Jilin, and they incorporate the myths such as like the runes upon their back that they communicate with each other. And its hair is also used to make wand cores. I believe really? these wand cores are extremely rare and they can't cast dark magic because of like the huh. impurity and peacefulness of the Kirin itself, which I thought was really nice and that it was just staying true to the, the source material. Yeah, that's, that's really pretty cool. cool. No. And I was that mentioned played... in like Fantastical Beasts or is that like actually I don't remember it being in the books or is that just kind of like I don't either. Um I think it's part of its extended universe. Okay. Uh, so yeah, fake so... lore. I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think you'll see it in any of the movies, maybe in Fantastic Beasts 3, but... If that ever comes out? Maybe eventually. <laughs> Wait, there's a second one? <laughs> yeah. third one? Oh, I have only seen the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. 
The second one's good. Um, yeah, yeah, it's well, good. Because Johnny Depp's in it. Yeah, well, not in the third though. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a, that's a oh, podcast yeah. on its own. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. the rage all, that yeah. I feel. Not gonna worms. touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a couple other games that they're featured in uh, is actually in Splunky too. You use one the Chiwen to travel to the sunken city. It's kind of like a secret ending path that you can get to. Huh. And they pretty much look the same. I think they have like the orange fur and the blue scales. And it's pretty cool. Like you just ride one up through like kind of dodging lightning as you go, which is a little bit ironic, but <laughs> I guess their their core is fire. Or like their core mythology is fire, so and then also there's a character which is Ganyu in Genshin Impact, which she is a half human, half Chilin hybrid. And so the only like hybrid feature that she has is that she has so, like these dark red horns with red markings. And then she also has like celestial powers, which was pretty interesting. You know, which I thought it was just pretty cool that they incorporated the the Chilin. In as well, I think that the Chi one is kind of like a like a slept on mythical creature, and it really could use some more appearances. I think in like, like media. all of Asian mythology is slept on and is just untapped potential, and maybe that's a good thing, just because we want to keep it like sacred to them or whatnot. But like, sure, I think there's so much just really cool stuff in in mythology there <laughs> that just like it it's not popular, and it's it should be. Agreed. Yeah, it's really a shame, honestly. Let's start a campaign. Make Chinese Chinese lore great again. <laughs> I mean, it's already great. <laughs> okay. Anyway, this episode is maybe running a little bit long. So thank you if you reached this portion of the episode. Once again, always listening. And if you know anybody else that might like uh, a bit of an insight to Chinese mythology or any other mythology or mythical creatures, uh, let them know. You know, kind of tip them up about the Vanquisher's Guide. Mm. See what happens. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but as always, thank you for listening and have a great week. We'll see you next week.